Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And welcome to episode 398 of Geek Town Radio. I'm your host, Dave, and back with me this week is... To infinity and beyond! Matt! I'm very good, David. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. What have you been up to the last few weeks? Well, apparently a lot of the same things as, as you. But <laughs> there is one new show I started yesterday. I'm, al- I'm already caught up. Uh, it's called Still Up. It's on uh, Apple TV Plus, surprise, surprise. Yes. Such as a lot of great shows are. And it's got three episodes out at the moment. They have 30 minutes each. It stars Antonio Thomas or something her name is. Yes, She's Antonio the, the, Thomas. the one from uh, Misfits, who I yeah. haven't seen since Misfits, I think. I think she was in The Good Doctor for a bit, but I don't she watch was. that show. Yes. So, so good to see her popping up again. It's about her and her friend called, I think it's called Danny. And basically, it's a lot of. If I'm to, if I'm to describe the show, because y- you could almost describe the structure of it to be bottle episodes, but they're not, because the scenes that Danny's in are kind of bottle episode scenes. But she's the one who's kind of out and about. There seems to be this indication that, and they haven't fully explained it yet, which I'm sure will be interesting later. He can't seem to go outside, not because he just doesn't want to. They show a few scenes where he tries to go outside and there's like a reaction sort of happening. I don't know if it's some sort of social thing or I'm not sure what exactly you'd call that, but the show has sort of hinted at that. So what they do is a lot of a lot of FaceTime calls, a lot of like phone calls and stuff, and they just sort of go about their lives. He spends a lot of time like online and things because he again can't go out for a certain reason. He's got people that like come round and help him with things and do his shopping for him and things like that. And she's kind of out and about. She's doing a lot of stuff. She's got, I think it's a daughter and then, and then a husband. The husband's played by the guy that played Neil in In Between Us, who looks a bit more grown right. up now, <laughs> a yes. bit taller as well. So it's cool to see him back in something. He again was in, I think he was in an E4 show a couple of years ago. I think it got cancelled or finished or something. So cool to see him back again. So a few kind of like E4 people returning to some some stuff. There seems to be a hint early on that although they don't dislike each other in their marriage, they don't quite completely click. We're not sure why or what's sort of led up to that and everything. And he's very much kind of 
not alone, but he's very much single and not really sure about getting into relationships and stuff. There's a bit where she sets him up with a dating profile. He's a bit against that, but they sort of go back and forth. The script is really good. The writing's really good. The dialogue and everything, the acting, which the show leans on quite a bit, is very, very good. I whizzed through all three episodes. I got really, really gripped onto it. The main thing I was gripped on is the interesting dynamic between the two of them and just in terms of what are they going to get into next. It's a good momentum sort of carrier that just sort of brings you through the episode and it also helps that the episode is very short. Actually, there was one of them. I think it was the second one. When I skipped the intro and skipped the previously, it cut down from, I think, 27 minutes to 22. Right. So that made it quite short. But I was disappointed when the third episode ended because I wanted to keep watching it, which is a very good sign. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they get up to in the next one. It's very kind of just nice and simple, but it's interesting, which I found to be very nice. I did watch the trailer a good few weeks ago and I was intrigued from it, from, from that. It's called Still Up. That's on Apple. Have you sort of seen any of that at all? Or I've seen, seen the trailers up? for it. I haven't actually started watching it yet. The Like you say, the, the cast is kind of interesting. I think it's one of the UK originals. And yeah, Antonia Thomas, I don't remember her from the in-betweeners and I only really know her for the good doctor. So I was, it was sort of like, oh yeah, she's British. I've forgotten about that. It's quite a good sort of core cast and this this idea of them both being insomniacs and that there's a, so a lot of the conversation is done over the phone, isn't it? It's not mm. meeting in person. So Using surprise, surprise iPhones. Well, <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes. I mean, if you're Apple, you're going to plug your own product. Of course you are. Of um, course, yeah. Like you say, it's only started fairly recently. So there's eight episodes in the first season and they've put three out so far. So It's going to go very quickly. <laughs> yeah. It is one that I need to go and uh, catch up on that because it did look quite interesting. I will go and take a look at that. Cool. Well, that's the only other show I've been watching that you haven't, so I'll, I'll hand it over to you. Yeah, I mean, other Apple shows as well. The Morning Show, are you watching? Yeah, that's been brilliant. It's interesting their approach to this season because you've got definitely an overarching thing and you've got John Hamm's character who's come in and all that. I, I liked how you described him last week, like an Elon Musk sort of businessman and all that. They seem to be doing, not individual stories each episode, but a different thing each episode but it's all like connecting together quite nicely. So mm-hmm. but that's been very, very good so far. I've really enjoyed that. Yeah, I've been enjoying that as well. There's much less Reese Witherspoon this season, actually. She's been in it, but it's been far more about the sort of boardroom and the other cast. Like she wasn't in the last episode very much at all. It was more Jennifer Anderson and the the other cast members rather than Reese in that one. I've been really enjoying that. I mean, it's been a great show from the start and it's it's interesting to mm-hmm. see how it's sort of morphed because it was very much based around the whole sort of Me Too thing in the first season. I mean, that was the sort of setup for, for how the thing kind of got off the ground and moved forward. And then now they're looking at, at various other world events going on because they did COVID for was one season. You know, obviously that was quite a major part of it. It is very much plugged into real world events, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even the the sort of John Hamm thing, who uh, is, as I said, he's a sort of Elon Musk kind of Jeff Bezos sort of character. He's this tech billionaire who may or may not be going to buy UBA, which is the the parent company of the morning show. That side of things is quite precedent because there is a lot of that going on in the real world as well. And he's also dealing with this season data hacks and leaks and and that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of that real world thing that is going on with 
this. And Core Cast is great for it. Really like Jennifer Reese is great. Billy Crudup, who plays Corey, has got quite a major part this time. I mean, he's always been there, but he's pushed a lot more to the front, I think, this season as well. It's such a well-written show and well put together. And mm. yeah, three seasons in, but very, very well worth going to check out, as is a lot of stuff on Apple. You know. Yeah, it's good to see Stephen Fry again as well. Yes, yes, Stephen Fry plays <laughs> one of the board members, and I mean, it's always lovely to see Stephen Fry in things. And he sort of plays Stephen Fry either slightly mean Stephen Fry or slightly cuddly Stephen Fry. Uh, this is a slightly more mean Stephen Fry than we've had before, <laughs> but you know, he's always great to see him on screen. You know, I love that. So that's been really good. Welcome to Wrexham as well. I'm really enjoying this. They did a very interesting thing with one of the more recent episodes the one that dropped this week because they released them two at a time don't they yeah they had the autism sort of special episode or a bit more focused on that because you've got Paul Mullins son and then you've got I think her name was Millie one of like yes. the, the supporters and stuff that was really really beautiful and I was sort of like sitting down to watch TV I was like oh yeah the, the Wrexham episodes are out I'll stick that on I was like oh this is getting very emotional yeah. <laughs> I sort of wasn't quite prepared for it because I had no idea what the episode was going to be about that was really, really great. I absolutely love, I know we talked a lot about how this is such a human story and, and everything, but what I really, really like about this, and not a lot of other actual clubs do this, I mean, you don't always see behind the scenes stuff, whether it's Ryan and Rob, the supporters or the players, they're all on equal level. You've got scenes like Ryan on the pitch with Paul and he's talking about, I think it's Alfie was his son's name. Yes. And he's like showing him this video. You don't really hear or see that type of thing. I mean, there's different football owners on obviously different levels and stuff. Some of them get very involved. Some of them just sort of sit back and, and do whatever. I mean, if you're sort of one that sits back and then you put somebody else in charge, you let them run the day to day and they run it well, then that's fine. But I just really, really love how Ryan and Rob, they're not only just, oh, we're going to, we're going to take care of this club. Yeah. We're going to be nice and you know look, look after the club and actually invest in stuff, but they actually physically get involved and they go to mm -hmm. loads of the games and all this kind of thing and I, I just really really love it a lot and sometimes it's this case of like because some of these not not these players because these are sort of like non-league level players but when it comes to some of the higher leagues we sometimes see these sort of players as kind of being out of reach if you know what I mean like, oh they earn so much money and we we don't it's bit more rare to see them and stuff but w with this it's sort of they go to properly meet the fans and like become friends with them i just mm -hmm. i really love it a lot and particularly the way they told this part of the story as well so yeah it was it was wonderful it was it was a really beautiful episode and this one thing i love about this show because i mean you know me i'm not massively into football and what i really like is how it's about a football club but it isn't about the football itself that is obviously part of it and the overarching thing is will they or won't they go up but what I really like is how they are so focused on the fans, the effect it's having on the community, the world around the club. And it's not just about Rob and Ryan either. In actual fact, I don't think Rob and Ryan appeared at all in that episode. I think they, they appear in the third one a little bit, but it's not just a vehicle for them to be on. And that's very much is their attitude towards the club as well. They didn't buy this 
club to make a TV show and be a millionaire's plaything. They bought it because Rob loved football and wrote Ryan in and they both got completely obsessed with it and they care about the club. And you actually see that. You see it is very genuine what they're trying to do here and the effect it's having on the t- on the city as well. Mm-hmm. It's the way as well when, you know, they show you footage of Wrexham scoring and they celebrate like they're just one of the fans, not <laughs> as if they're, you know, the, the, the big rich owners or whatever. They're just there in the stands and they just they just blend in as if they're just there to watch the game as fans. I really love that sort of bit of it. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean because there are times where you see owners and when they lose a game, you look at the owners and it's like, oh, well, that's going to affect the stock price. You know, it's that sort of... Yeah, yeah, you know, I see that you, a lot. You, you see that going through their head, not an actual connection with the emotion of the club. And that's the major difference. You know, as I say, they are fans and, you know, they want the club to do well, not just for them, but they want the club to do well for the city. And they actually care about it. And that's such a huge difference. Although I am not a football fan at all, I do love the show and how they've structured it and how they've put it together. And I find it really interesting. And the human stories that come out of it is just lovely. And that autism episode following this this teenage fan who's sort of obsessed with the, the club and, and stuff with Paul's son really beautiful little episode that one even if you're not into football it is worth looking at that show it's very i hope that hasn't put some people off of like oh this football club show thing i'm not into football i'm gonna miss it type thing because it's really is just more about what goes on with the people there so yes yeah it is it's a really good human story that Mm. also on disney plus is ahsoka which is getting really quite interesting we're what two episodes in the end because we're with six episodes in right now it was a little slow to get going but it's really interesting where they've taken it particularly with this the latest sort of episodes we've started to see uh, a lot more of the characters from clone wars and from rebels coming in and it takes the whole sort of Star Wars thing in an entirely different direction because there is a different galaxy involved in this without giving too much away. So I've been really, really enjoying this and I don't think it's giving too much away to say that we know that Thrawn is in this season and Lars Milkerson, who I think voiced Thrawn for the Rebels TV show, is, is playing the character as well. I mean, that was in the trailers. That's been really good seeing him on screen. We also knew that Hayden Christensen was going to be reprising his role as Anakin. And that was a fantastic episode when we saw him. The last couple of episodes, it sort of really kicked things up a gear, I think. Have you been watching this? I haven't. It's been a weird experience for me because while I think on a base level, the show's been good, I'm not like connecting with it. And I keep wondering if that's because I, I've seen some of Clone Wars, you know, the whole Obi-Wan Ahsoka yeah. Anakin thing, which I, I quite enjoyed. I haven't seen it for a bit, but I, I did quite enjoy that dynamic. So I did enjoy the Anakin parts a lot more, like with the flashbacks and the other bits and pieces. But yeah, I'm not really, because I'm recognizing, oh, here's this character and this character, because I've seen some of these characters before. I just don't really know their stories and things. So I'm wondering if that's why I'm not maybe connecting with it. But obviously we've seen Ahsoka before, because I've, again, I've seen her in the animated show and obviously in bits of Mandalorian as well. 
those parts of it have been good. A few of the sort of enemy or villain characters have been quite interesting as well. And David Tennant as that robot character, whose name I can't remember, yeah. is, is quite cool. But then David Tennant's quite cool. So yes. that makes sense. So I, I've, I think it's been good, but I don't really have anything sort of deeper than that saying necessarily. Yeah, I think that is the other thing as well. The villain characters, this Ray Stevenson, who plays Balin, the sadly departed Ray Stevenson. That's the one who passed away, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Unexpectedly passed away, which is a great shame because he was a wonderful, wonderful actor. If you've never been through Ray Stevenson's back catalogue, go and watch Rome because it is an incredible TV series. It was, a, it was an old HBO series that unfortunately got canned, but was brilliant and really, really solid. And he also voiced some of the characters in Rebels, not the character he's playing in this, but he did voice characters in Rebels and been in a whole bunch of other things as well. Black Sails, he was in as well, played Blackbeard. But his character and his apprentice really quite interesting takes on the whole sort of Jedi mythos that we haven't seen this played out on screen exactly in this sort of way before. So I think that's a really quite an interesting character and setup. It's also the fact that the whole thing is written by Dave Filoni as well, whereas a lot of these shows have been, you know, overseen by one or two people, but have had various different writers per episodes. With this, Dave wrote the entire thing, different directors each time, but Dave wrote it. So it's very much his story. And I've been really enjoying it. I, th- I think it's, as I say, starts off a little slow, but it kicks up towards the middle and it starts to go in very interesting different directions and adding and building on the whole sort of Star Wars mythos and building more of that world. It's, it's more connected to the Rebels than it probably is Clone Wars, although Ahsoka was a character that f- started out in Clone Wars. She did appear in Rebels later on as well, but it's a lot more related to those characters. It is worth watching though. As I say, two episodes left. Interesting to see where they wrap this up, but yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's certainly been a really, really good show that. Jumping back over onto Apple TV, I'm about four episodes into the second season of Invasion because I binged the first season fairly recently. I mean, season one I enjoyed, but was kind of glacially slow for the first half of it. And it it really was. And it was a bit of a struggle getting through the first half of that season, but I did enjoy it. It's just like, I, I just wish they'd pick up the pace a little bit going through this. But Overall, it's a really interesting, compelling story. I I compared it a little bit to War of the Worlds. It's a bit more like that Fox series, the War of the Worlds series with Gabriel Byrne. The aliens aren't really seen that much in the first season, and it's got this weird sort of mysterious undertone going through it. Earth is invaded, things are destroyed, humanity's trying to come together, and it's told from these various different perspectives of these people around the world. Second season, since they've taken the criticism of aliens not being on screen to heart with the opening episode of the second season, because there's like this huge battle sequence with tons of aliens coming towards you, like, not enough aliens, here you go. So they had this big battle sequence in one of the early episodes. But it does sort of settle down a bit after that. But they they are getting more involved. The aliens are more around in that. But it's still not about that. It is far more about the human condition of of sort of people in that environment when the world has been invaded by this alien species. 
really rather enjoying the second season more than the first so far. I think the whole thing's gone out now, hasn't it? I know you watched. Yes, season two is coming out weekly on. Okay, it's, it's, it is still there. coming out, is it? Yeah. Yeah, they're Wednesdays. I'm actually the other way around. I haven't enjoyed the second season as much as the first. I, okay. I think it's maybe Foundation's been, well, not getting in the way because it's a great show. But I don't know, like trying to watch these two sci-fi shows that are trying to do different things has sort of thrown me off a bit. Right. But maybe now that Foundation's finished, which, by the way, had a phenomenal yes. whole season as well. And they did some just really, really, just really cool, really great stuff in, in Foundation. That was That was brilliant. I'm almost tempted to kind of, it'll probably take me a long time to rewatch like from the beginning of season two or maybe from like episode two or something. I just, I don't know, something about it didn't, it's not the same problem as let's say with Ahsoka where I haven't clicked with it for certain reasons. But I like some of the ideas and things that are going on and there's some leaning into kind of half answering some of the mysteries. Obviously, you can't just, you know, put all that stuff out there. So I, I've still liked it so far. I've just not really connected with it like I did in the in the first one. But there's some good things kind of going on in there. So, yeah, it's one of those things that like with the first season, I found it quite frustrating in the way that they had structured it in that you get to an interesting bit of a story and then halfway through an episode, it would sort of jump to one of the other stories. You know, like, no, but I was enjoying that. I wanted to see more of of that one. And they've streamlined that, I think, a bit more for the second season in that they're not jumping backwards and forwards between the stories as much. It tends to be one episode focused on a group of characters in one area. So I think the structuring is slightly better for that. It's still slightly frustrating when they're kind of doing an interesting thing with one group and you're like no don't cut away from them I want to kind of see where that story goes and then they cut mm. away to the other group and you're like okay fine we'll do an episode with these people so I do think the structuring is a little bit better though with the second mm. season I suppose it's difficult to do when you're trying to not just in the next town or something but in a different country you're trying to connect yeah. these stories together so yeah I, I think there's some interesting things going on with that and I am but I am enjoying it so I think it's it's been really good so far I, I can see why some people took against it because i found the first season very very slow to get into but once it sort of starts to pick up and you see where it's going it's interesting and it's well written and it's high quality it's just it was just very slow at the start i think i've watched one film this week which is the barbie movie which is now out on home release have you seen this no not yet okay what a wonderfully beautifully weird film that is as you kind of expect it was going to be because it is about Barbie, the doll. And I mean, I'm obviously aware of Barbies. It's fascinating that they managed to make an entire movie and make a really interesting point with this film as well. So if you don't know the plot for it, it basically it turns out that there is a Barbie land, which is full of various different Barbies. Margot Robbie plays stereotypical Barbie, which is, is what you think of as Barbie when you say the word Barbie and she's living her best life in Barbie land and everything kind of is the same. There's sort of elements of the sort of the Lego movie kind of setup to that, I would say. So she's there and there are Kens and the Kens are, are sort of very much the second class 
citizens because Barbie land is run by the Barbies. And Barbie wakes up one day and discovers that her feet are flat, whereas usually they, they are, are usually on her heels, like, like they're in high heels. And she's got a patch of cellulite and she's having these sorts of death. And it's all a bit weird. And it turns out that it's because the person that is playing with her in the real world is having those thoughts and that is for some reason affecting her as well so she has to go to the real world to sort out that and talk to the person that he's playing with so that's kind of the setup for it but it goes into a lot of this look at matriarchy and patriarchy and how you treat people and what really surprised me about it was how much Mattel let themselves get skewered by this as a company, you know, because if I have a feeling if this was done by Disney, you'd never allow because there is a sort of fictitious Mattel board that is shown in this. And you kind of feel that if this was a Disney movie, Disney would never allow themselves to be portrayed in the way that Mattel allowed them to be portrayed in this. <laughs> so I have to say hats off to Mattel for pulling this off because it was going to be something that you'd think, I don't know how you're going to get away with making a Barbie movie, but they've managed to make a really interesting and thought provoking film out of Barbie. And it's very very surprising it's got a great cast you know ryan gosling who plays the the main ken or beach ken but you've got like shooty gatwer is in there you've got simu Liu in there john cena pops up at one point kate mckinnon Issa ray Julipa, Helen Mirren is the sort of narrator for the whole thing and she's she's wonderful will farrell as i mentioned is in there jamie dramuccio is in there It's a really, really, really good cast. And they've made a very interesting film out of it. So I would urge you to go and watch it. I I mean, it's not a film I would ever have gone and picked up had the reviews not been so interesting for it. But it is as weird and wonderful as the reviews say it is. And it is intriguing. And I think it is worth going to check out, definitely. What about gaming? What are you gaming on at the moment? I did start Lies of P yesterday, which I really, really enjoyed. That's sort of a Soulsborne-ish. From what I understand, it's this new studio that that they've been at from software, which is the company that makes all the Dark Souls, Bloodborne games and things. So it's technically a half Soulsborne game. It's this like dark story on Pinocchio. Basically, you're playing as this puppet. They get taken over by this spirit that you play as because you're like a special one that's got to save the world because the world's been taken over and basically murdered by evil. The puppets have turned bad and they've like killed everybody and you've got to go through and save the day, I suppose. I played a good chunk of it yesterday. I did get past three bosses, which was very, very good. So I've really enjoyed that because I'm not really into the... I mean, I, I really try to like a lot of those sort of Soulsborne type games. This one feels a lot more approachable. And one of the things that makes it a lot more approachable, when you're playing something like, let's say, I mean, I don't know a lot about Elden Ring's structure, but particularly with, let's say, Demon Souls and Bloodborne, you'll go through like a 20 to 30 minute section where you'll go through a street you'll kill the same types of enemies you get to the boss you potentially die and you go back to those 20-30 minutes there's these like checkpoints you can use in, in all these different types of games usually you get them when you beat the boss though the helpful thing with this game is the checkpoints at least at the moment have been a lot lot closer mm-hmm. which has made it sort of there was one that they're called stargazers in this where you can go to and you can use them as checkpoints one of them didn't sort of work properly so I had to sort of run past some enemies yesterday but it worked out well and I got past the 
certain bit I was on. It's really quite good. It's still difficult and stuff, but I found it a lot more approachable. So there's that one at the moment. I know you've written Starfield down here. I have played a couple of hours oh, of Starfield. Okay. Basically, what happened because I messed up my boomerang queue list. It's not because of them. It's because I changed my account around a little bit and I mucked up my queue list that I was in for these games. I noticed Game Pass was nine pound, which I thought was good, and it's got both of those games on it. So I thought, okay, I'll just do what they call a rental holiday and then I'll jump onto that. I played a couple of hours of it. I got a bit frustrated with it and then I started playing Lies of P. <laughs> there was a couple of problems I had in just the opening hour. The robot companion I had mm-hmm. would not stop getting in front of me okay. when I was trying to shoot enemies to a point where I tried to take cover in a room because I was being shot at by a lot of people and I was sort of off camping, you could call it. <laughs> and my robot decided to sit in front of me and I couldn't jump out of the corner. <laughs> and right. Away. So it has that annoying Bethesda, it's called Bethesda Jack. Is, yes. what, is what people call it. I'm very, very early on, so I'm going to give it a bit more of a chance. I found this shooting, now I'm somebody who's admittedly very, very picky when it comes to gunplay and stuff, because I'm like a COD player and all that sort of thing. I found it to be very weird, the gunplay. I suppose because, I don't know, maybe it's very, very different to the way COD goes. And So I'll, I'll give it more of a, t- a bit more of a chance later, but I'm enjoying Lies of P at the moment. I know that you're way, way ahead of me in, in Starfield, though. So Yes, yeah, Starfield, I am 165 hours at the moment. So I am still not at the end of the main plot, although I am quite a way into it. I'm in sort of the end game bit of the main plot, I think. But... I have been really enjoying it. There are bugs and there are some quite major, not game-breaking bugs for the main plot, but there are some bugs which will stop you completing side quests unless you use console commands. The main issue, there are three quests I've run across with exactly the same problem, which is doors that should be unlocked are locked. And you can use console commands to turn clipping on and basically just bypass the door. Or you can point at some of the doors and like tell it to unlock them using the console command. But there have been three different side quests where I picked up the quest and it said, go and talk to this person. And that person has ended up being behind a locked door that shouldn't have been locked. So there are bugs in it. I've not had any issues with, I think it may have crashed once, but that may have been my computer. I, I, you know, I've, I've not had any major crashes and problems or graphical problems from that point of view. But yeah, there are a few little gameplay issues. And yeah, the, the Bethesda junk is there. You know, as mentioned before, the inventory system is rubbish. There are issues <laughs> where characters walk in front of you. I don't have overlapping dialogue at points as well. Yes. And you do get certain amounts of overlapping dialogue. There, I mean, there are are nitpicky things particularly as you go through it if you are playing on pc i mean there are are a million mods out there and some of this stuff is fixed with mods particularly the inventory stuff i mean you can download mods which will give you a much better inventory experience and there are mods that'll do all sorts of different things as well from improved graphics to switching bits of gameplay out and all that sort of stuff so there is a lot you can do with it they're not officially supporting mods yet but that is something which is coming further down the line is there will be actual proper official mod support but you can still mod it as it is i initially was trying to play without mods but then because i had to use the console command anyway i was like well i may as well just install some mods on it so (laughs) So I did that at the same time. 
but overall, I mean, the story I think is really good. I've been really enjoying that. The main plot line is quite interesting. It's one of those things that needs, I don't want to say it's unpolished because I mean, there is a lot of stuff to do in that game, but it's one of those things that I think when they fix some of the bugs with the first few patches, it's going to be a much better experience than it is right now. And a lot of the complaints about it, I think, have been, it's fine as it is, but why didn't they do it this way? It would have been so much better. And I've seen quite a lot of comments like that. And I do look at some of those comments and go, well, yeah, that is true. There are certain things that, like, there are certain mini games which they seem to have put very little effort into. And you're like, that could have been so much better and more interesting. And I don't know why they didn't put more into that, but it is what it is. So there are certain things like that which could have been improved but weren't but it's by no means a perfect game but there is a lot to do in it there is a lot of fun to have with it i'm really rather enjoying it it's good and as i said i've got you know 160 hours in it and i mean that's not bad <laughs> you know <laughs> that's that's not bad for a length of the game i mean i i always say that an rpg should give you at a bare minimum at a bare bare minimum 30 hours of gameplay i most games i think if they're a full price game should give you a bare minimum 30 hours of gameplay really an rpg should be closer to 60 and i'm at 160 and still going on this so you know on that side of things there is a lot to do in it it is great fun there are some interesting and funny quests in it i'm looking forward to seeing how they expand it moving forward as well because you know there are dlcs coming and all that sort of stuff so i think there is a lot that they can do with it it's a really interesting sort of playing field that they've they've got for this game but still enjoying that anyway so that's that's my gaming up until city skylines 2 comes out which is coming out next month yes so 24th yeah 24th next month city skylines 2 comes out so hopefully this will keep me going until then and then Mm. uh, i will probably dive into city skylines 2 my next two big games is is the cod beta on the 6th I know that's obviously that's the weekend and then the next weekend there's another one then the game launches on the 11th and then on October 20th and Spider-Man 2 comes out so right which which will be here before you know it because <laughs> we're whizzing through the year yes I'd love to play Spider-Man 2 I don't think I've got anything that can play it at the moment because I've only got a PS4 still right and, yeah. and it seems a bit extravagant to buy a PS5 purely for one game so <laughs> so that's all the stuff we've been doing this week let's move on to some TV and film news <laughs> 
after the next season goes out, but they'll be around still doing liminals. They're always busy, on there. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're head to deck. They're a national treasure and national fixture at this point. So, you know, <laughs> I, they're not going. ITV are not going to let them go anywhere else. So, yes, third and fourth seasons. That'd for be them a disaster. Well. Yeah, it would be. I mean, that would be shocking <laughs> if, if Antidek suddenly bailed and went somewhere else. Two more seasons of Limitless Wing coming. In pickups and other news, BBC have confirmed that Casualty will have fewer episodes in the next season. They basically had to trim the episode numbers due to the rising cost of inflation, essentially. It's just, you know, everything costs more to produce. Their budget hasn't got up, so they need to make fewer episodes to be able to make a decent show. I mean, that's what they're saying. Casualty runs for a ridiculous number of episodes. It's essentially a soap that has breaks in it at this point, I think, that show. So, yeah, I mean, I haven't watched it in years. I used to watch it back in the early days, but I haven't watched it forever. So, yeah, it will be back with slightly fewer episodes. I don't know how many fewer, but it will be back. Also on the BBC, Ghost's fifth and final season, that has a premiere date of 6th of October. That is landing on BBC One and iPlayer at 8.30, so that's got a date. Cobra Rebellion, which is also the third season of Cobra, that's got a date for the 12th of October. That's landing on Sky Max at 9pm. Love, Victor has been picked up by the BBC. So having run out Andy's still on Disney Plus in the UK. The Hulu series Love, Victor is, is going to be on BBC Three and iPlayer, which it is a very BBC Three show, I think. That's given that it is very much a sort of coming of age dramedy right, sort right. of thing. I, th- that is the sort of age group that BBC Three is really aimed at. So I think that's a very good fit for that channel. So yeah, and it means that people will be able to watch it for free, essentially, or people will be able to watch it on the BBC if they haven't got Disney Plus, which is good slow horses has got a premiere date that's on the 1st of december on apple tv that's for the third season which i'm very much looking forward to have you watched any of those i keep meaning to but i haven't i He's know that you've brilliant pra- yeah. praised it and everything so. yeah definitely definitely worth going to watch In fact, so- i think when i watched one of the many things within the last week on apple they've had a trailer for it i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure Quite which, I which i don't consider to be ads that's just you're telling me what else is on your platform yeah. which um which is actually useful rather than like some random car advert which doesn't get advertised as a car advert because they try to be funny it's more just <laughs> you're usefully telling me a trailer or reminding me of something i know you're trying to get me to stay on the platform by watching stuff but hey if the stuff is good then that's more useful that's sort of what prime does as well yeah speaking of ads and prime actually we should probably mention that oh yeah um, prime video has announced or rather amazon has announced that they're bringing ads to prime video which I have very mixed feelings about. What they're basically saying is the setup as it is, the price isn't going to go up for Prime as it is right now, but they're going to put ads into Prime Video. You will then be able to pay an extra fee, which at the moment they're only quoting in dollars, so $2.99 in dollars to remove the ads if you want to go back to an ad-free experience. And I don't know how I feel about that because the the thing is, the reason I got Prime in the first place was because I wanted the unlimited one-day delivery. I mean, that was the reason I paid for Prime in the first place because that in itself pays for itself anyway with the amount of stuff that I buy off Amazon. So that was sort of the reason I got it. And then Prime Video stuff kind of got thrown in with that. And you also get like the Amazon Music and all that sort of stuff and the photo storage and, you know, everything else you get with Prime. So I guess you could see that the Prime Video is kind of an add-on to the rest of the Prime 
service. But the fact that they've already got Freeview, which runs ads, and now they're starting to put ads into this as well. I'm, I don't know. It's icky to me. I'm just thinking now when Gray mentioned about like the big, big companies, the ones that have got not just lots of money, but lots and lots and lots of money. And I think he said Apple and Amazon. I was like, yeah, I yeah. would agree with those two. Yeah, Amazon's got a lot of money. <laughs> and this, yeah, it I agree with you. It, it, it feels yeah. out of all the different streamers and channels and things that I would class as being not having quite so much money, Amazon's not. In fact, Amazon's at the other end of the list. Because when you think Amazon and money and you think Jeff Bezos and you're like, okay, there's a lot, there's a lot available there. And then you're doing this. I, I, yeah, not agreeing with that. I, so. I think that that's the thing. When Netflix introduced ads, what they did was they let all the tiers the same and then introduced a cheaper tier that they put ads in. And you kind of think, okay, fair enough, because you're giving people the option to go for a cheaper tier that is ad supported. And had they done that with this and said, okay, we're going to keep this price the same, but we're going to create a cheaper tier that will be ad supported. I'd be like, fair enough. But it's the fact that they're putting these into the main package and then you've got to pay more to remove the ads. That I find problematic. I mean, it's it's arguable to say that maybe what they should have done is raised the price of it as a whole and done it that way and then offered a cheaper tier and done it sort of backwards, which would have the same effect, but I think looks better. If you see what I mean, because people will mm. take a price increase and just go fine and they'll either pay it or they won't. But this seems to sort of be altering something which you've already owned and you've owned for a long time and then forcing you to pay more if you want to get the service back to what it was previously. I, I, I don't know. I mean, they both have the same effect, but I just wonder whether that might have been a better way of doing it. My problem is just the amount of money Amazon's already got. I, I mean, look, yeah. how much, look how much money they spent on Rings of Power. Even just for the rights, it was Outrageous. a lot of money. Yes, it was yeah, billions. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I think one of these things is the fact that Amazon as a whole has a lot of money. The streaming service has to balance its own books. You know, we've talked about this sort of stuff before. Is It is shuffling money internally. But Prime Video has to look profitable on paper on its own right. And I think that's what they're trying to rectify with this. I don't agree with it because at the end of the day, it's the same argument that all the streaming services use when they're part of a larger company. It's the same for Disney Plus. You know, I mean, Apple TV Plus, I think on paper loses shed loads of money. But Apple has, you know, is the other company that has an absolute shed load of cash and they see it as an investment and and drawing people onto the Apple ecosystem. So they're prepared to lose money on paper on the streaming side of things because it, it draws more people to Apple products. Like I say, it's sort of icky and I don't really agree with it. And it's a company that has a shed load of cash. It seems unnecessary. And the problem is that I know I'm not going to get rid of Prime Video because I'm not going to get rid of Prime. Whether Mm. I'll pay for the ads to remove the ads, I'm not sure. It depends how intrusive they are. And, you know, they are saying, oh, well, we'll have fewer ads than you would have if you were watching broadcast. It's like, well, yes, but on broadcast, if I'm DVR'd something, I can skip through the ads. I can't do that on a streaming service i'm forced to watch it there's a difference so yes you should be playing fewer ads on streaming because you are forcing people to watch them not really happy about it but equally i'm not going to get rid of the service because of it so i don't know 
Speaking of, of streaming services, though, and channels and things, the AMC channel has been moved from BT TV on Thursday. So it will be gone completely from the UK, I believe. I also have an, an update to include here. I wasn't going to talk about it, but now that you mentioned BT TV. So obviously that was where BT Sport was on, which was what I use obviously to watch some Premier League games and mostly European games now that we're back in Champions League. They've also got Europa League and Conference League on there. So they, I got given this like email that said that the BT Sport app was closing, I think it was the 12th of October or something. It's all moved to Discovery Plus, which has got a new channel called TNT Sports. Yes. The useful part, because I looked at the price and the price for actually watching specifically sports, because there's other stuff on there, like TV shows and things like that, was double the price of BT TV. And I thought, oh, I'm going to have to pay for that but luckily they they let me do this thing where i sort of linked my other account to discovery plus and i just simply logged in with that ah. so it's it's not it wasn't too much of a hassle and stuff but yeah i'm now watching football on something called tnt sports on on discovery plus so yes. yeah that's that's changed as well i think that's possibly one of the reasons why this deal has ended it does mean that i believe the second half of fear the walking dead which did used to premiere on an amc in the uk now doesn't have a broadcaster. That's so October, another, isn't it? Yeah. Because, I saw a poster the other day. Yeah, because this is going to close on Thursday and it comes back in October and it's not going to have anywhere to wear. There is a possibility that we're hoping now that AMC seems to be selling their shows off, like the interview with the vampire has gone to the BBC and Dark Winds has gone to Alibi there is a hope that maybe the Walking Dead stuff will get sold somewhere else as well. The obvious place to sell it would be to Prime because Prime has been offering the box sets of fear previously. You could buy like a a season pass on Prime for the box sets of fear. Maybe they'll pick it up and it would be great if somebody actually picked up the spin-off series as well, but no further news on that right now. Um, It'd just be good, like you said, to have them all in one place. Yeah, that would be nice. I mean, the main show obviously is on Disney Plus at the moment and it'd be great if, and I think in some European countries they have picked up some of the other shows, but I'm not sure they'll necessarily do that because it's an outside expense that Disney doesn't really necessarily need to expend money on. It would be nice to have everything in one place, but even if the main show isn't there, I mean, it's over now anyway. So even if the main show isn't on there, it would be good to have the other shows together. The Daryl Dixon and Dead City and the fear would be useful if they were all in one place. Although with fear coming to an end as well, that's less of an issue. So we don't know at the moment, but it does seem like the AMC stuff is being sold off to other places rather than trying to launch their own streaming service, which is probably a good thing because there's far too many streaming services these days. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll let you know if we hear any more on that, but the AMC channel will be closing on Thursday. On to the strike stuff, and we actually have some good news on the strike side of things. Late last night, it was announced that after five days of negotiating, they have come to an agreement with the writers and the Alliance of Motion Picture Television Producers have come to a tentative agreement, is how they've put it, that will pave the way to the end of the writers' strike. Not the actors, bear in mind, this is just the writers. As we've said previously, there's no point in talking to the actors until they've actually got the writers' strike resolved because until you've got scripts, there's no point in having the actors back. The next step in this process is it goes to the WGA's negotiating committee for a vote on whether they recommend it to their people, 
that, you know, whether they are definitely happy with it and they're going to actually put it forward to go to an actual vote. As to when they actually will go back to work, assuming that they decide to put this offer to their members, it is possible that whilst it's being ratified and they're going through that voting process, they may actually lift the restraining order on allowing people to work. So although they are technically still on strike, it may allow people to actually go back and start working on shows whilst they ratify it. It's possible that in the next couple of days, by the end of the week, we will actually see the writers back in work and you will start to see shows, basically the the late night shows more than anything else, because they're the things that can immediately start to get going without actors. So things like your John Olivers and your Bill Maher's and Jimmy Kimmel's and all that sort of stuff. That is likely to be the first thing that pops back up again. As for the broadcast dramas and that sort of thing, you know, your Chicago Fires and PDs and NCISs and all that kind of stuff, that will have to wait until the actors are back in work. And it's quite possible that they may decide not to lift that restraining order about the WGA going back to work until there is a deal struck with the writers in solidarity. So it may be held, although technically they have come to an agreement, they may not actually agree to completely sign and ratify it until the actors deal struck. We'll have to wait and see what happens later on this week because they want to be able to force the um, Hollywood producers' hands to make sure that the actors get a decent deal as well. So we'll see what happens, but at least that is some good news that they seem to have actually come to an agreement and found some common ground. It's frustrating that it's taken five months to get to this point. We don't know the details of the deal yet, and we don't know how much the Writers Guild has bent on what they're asking for, but you kind of think had the Hollywood side actually been prepared to be a bit more flexible in the first place, we wouldn't have had five months of this because I'd rather suspect that it's the Hollywood side that have bent a lot more than the WGA has. We'll see when the details of the deal come out. I mean, we're recording this on Monday, so we haven't had any details on it yet. We should know that within the next couple of days. So it'll be interesting to see what they have actually agreed on. But at least it's looking like it may actually come to an end for the writers fairly soon, which is good news. Yeah, good to have some movement on this. I didn't realise it had been five months. I thought it was shorter than that, but time flies. So it's good to see that. And yeah, it makes sense, like you said, that of course, if you get the actors off strike, but then they've got no scripts to read, then... Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, start getting those scripts written again soon, hopefully. It's just a shame this had to happen. I'm glad yeah. that people fight for what they should be getting and things because we've already spoken a number of times about the greed in this, in this industry. Yes. So it's good to see something moving forward. Yeah, as I say, we don't know what they've actually agreed to. And I think it's then got to go back to the members for them to actually agree it. But we'll see over the course of this week what the results of that are. Hopefully, it will at least see an end to the writer's strike and that they have got a decent deal out of it. I mean, I'm assuming they have because I don't think they would have come to an agreement otherwise. But yeah, at the moment, we don't know because, as I say, we're recording this on Monday. We will find out more this week. And then we have to go to the actors and we'll see see how that goes and how much longer that takes. But the fact that they've relented on a number of the writer's demands, there is a good chance that the actors will get a reasonable deal out of it as well. Because if the writers are back, they're going to want to get the actors back fairly sharpish as well. So it seems it's gone on long enough and they're prepared to actually negotiate something, which is good. Moving on to one show, which is UK production, although made for Paramount+. 
Plus. It's made as a Paramount Plus original. They've announced the casting for a show called Insomnia, which stars Vicky McClure, who you all know from Line of Duty and Trigger Point and a whole bunch of other things, but those are the big things she was in. She is actually going to lead a cast of quite a decent group of people, actually. She plays a successful career woman called Emma, who fears she might be losing her mind when her hard-won dream life starts to turn into a nightmare. A couple of weeks before her 40th birthday, Emma stops sleeping, just as her mother had done right before she suffers a violent psychotic breakdown on the night of her 40th birthday. Emma's mother always told her she'd go the same way and she had the same bad blood and now Emma is terrified it's true. As events worsen, Emma's world starts to unravel as she realises that only by investigating the truth of her painful past can she find the answers to her present to prevent tragedy from striking a second time. That's what it's about. Interesting because we've had a comedy about insomnia and now we've got like a drama about insomnia because that's still up is a comedy about insomnia. Also joining Vicky McClure, you've got Tom Cullen, who is in The Gold. He plays Emma's husband. India Fowler from The Nevers in there. Liam Best is in there. Dominic Dye from Suspicion. Robert Gilbert from Killing Eve. Michelle Bonnard from Unforgiven. So there's a decent cast behind it. It's been directed by Boku Sigurdsson, who worked on The Midwich Cuckoos and Baptiste. An adaptation of the novel by the same name by Sarah Pinborough is the basis for it. So reasonable cast, good solid concept, I think. Could be kind of an interesting one. Paramount Plus is making some interesting dramas, I think. Yeah, they are. It originally was kind of, had a bunch of films and stuff and then, you know, some Star Trek shows. Which I guess if you look at Disney Plus, that was sort of decades of Disney and Pixar and then Mandalorian. So they'll start out somewhere, these streaming services, but they've started to add a few things. There's like that Spec Ops show as well, which I've heard decent things about. Uh, yeah, um, Lioness, isn't it? The uh, Spec Ops. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've not seen it personally. Paramount's still one of them ones to me, though, that is in sort of rotation. Like if, yes. if a few sort of, let's say, Disney shows go off or Apple doesn't have anything which is becoming a bit rarer now I sort of swap them out so because I've still not seen the second season Strange New Worlds because I just haven't had Paramount it's not because I I can't get it or whatever it's just sometimes there's only so much stuff you can watch so but no it sounds good we'll see I guess what it's like when we get a trailer or something yeah I think that looks interesting the only reason I have Paramount is because I've got Sky Cinema and it comes free with Sky Cinema. So uh, it's the reason why I have it. I mean, I probably would have it anyway, to be honest, because of the Star Trek stuff. But I have a lot of the streaming services purely because of my job. If I was not doing this, I would be rotating a lot of these streaming services in and out a lot more than I do. But yeah, I think Paramount is certainly one that is a sort of rotating one as you see fit. But there is some decent stuff on there. I mean, Quantum Leap, I thought was great. Rabbit Hole, which is the key for Sutherland series, I thought was fantastic. This sounds interesting. There's a Jeremy Renner thing called Mayor of Kingstown, which I haven't watched, but it's got some good reviews. There's all the Yellowstone stuff on there as well, if you're into that stuff. Yellowstone and Yellow Jackets as well. Yes, and Yellow Jackets is on there as well. Yes, that's true. So there's a really good selection of stuff, plus a bunch of the Paramount films are on there, like the Mission Impossible things and that. There is a really nice selection of things on there. 
and it is one that's worth picking up but as you say i think it is one of those things that is probably a rotating streaming service and that's another one to look out for though sorry ricky mcclure that's called insomnia i don't know when that's going to land yet because they've only just announced the casting for it so we'll see and the other thing that popped up this week as Strictly came back for its live shows, and that's obviously a huge event, they used that as an opportunity to drop the main trailer for the Doctor Who 60th anniversary specials. So we got a full proper trailer for that. And I mean, the thing that struck me more than anything else watching that trailer was, wow, you can see that Disney money on screen. <laughs> have you seen the trailer for this? I haven't, no. no. Worth going to check the trailer out because you really do see a step up in the quality of the production. I mean, it really looks shiny and incredibly well filmed. And, you know, they did a decent job with the last few seasons, but this does seem to have kicked things up another level from the bits they showed off in the trailer. For those of you that don't know, it is airing on the BBC still, and it will always air on the BBC in the UK. But Disney Plus have the international rights to it now. So it's not being sold off to lots of individual places. Disney Plus has the rights outside of the UK to Doctor Who. And because of that, it means that they're now pumping a lot more money into it because they've got those Disney dollars coming in behind it. It's also, of course, Russell T. Davies taking the reins again. And it's also got Bad Wolf involved, which is the company that was set up by two of the former Doctor Who execs, which is why it's called Bad Wolf. But they've been behind Discovery of Witches and His Dark Materials and The Night Of. And I mean, they've made some brilliant dramas. They do I Hate Susie as well, which is um, Billy Piper series industries there's the winter king which is this new thing that's coming on um, itv they've done some really really quite astonishingly good shows and they're now back involved with doctor who and it's the first time there's been sort of an outside production company involved in the production of it so it's very much the same team that were there when they first brought doctor who back with russell t davis It looks great. Really good production team behind it. It is, of course, doing this three-episode launch with David Tennant back as, well, not back, as the 14th Doctor, which is different to his previous incarnation. We've got Catherine Tate returning as Donna Noble. It does breach the rather problematic issue that we left Donna Noble with the fact that if she ever remembers the Doctor, then she dies. That is brought up in the trailer as well. So that seemingly is going to get resolved at some point. It also confirms the fact that Yasmin Finney, who uh, is from Heartstopper, she is playing Donna Noble's daughter in this. We get to see a bit more of Neil Patrick Harris, who is taking on the role of the toy maker, which is an old enemy of the Doctor's who was last seen in 1966. So where uh, he's been coming back. We don't know why he's back, though. There seems to be something odd going on. We see units in there with Kate Leftwich-Stewart, played by Gemma Redgrave, who appears to have acquired something which I can only describe as an Avengers style, like shiny big tower in there as well. So that's cool. All right. We got a little clip of Beep the Meep, who is is a sort of iconic character from the comic book version, the Tom Baker era comic book, and it's been voiced by Miriam Margulies. So she's doing that. And that's 
the episode titles have already been announced. So the Star Beast, which presumably is the one that's got Beat the Meep in it, Wild Blue Yonder and The Giggle are the three titles of the episode. So we've got that. And the trailer ends with a shot of Shuti Gatwa, who doesn't officially take over the role as the 15th Doctor until Christmas. However, that shot at the end rather implies that he will have a bit more involvement in the 60th anniversary mm, specials. And, and the little teasers that we have seen of him sort of seemingly in that sort of Doctor Netherworld thing that we saw Jodie in towards the end of last season. He seems to be there and there's a shot of him going, what's going on? So it sort of feels like maybe Tennant's Doctor has sort of nudged him out of the way for some reason and we don't know why. I think there's a lot of interesting things going on with that, but I'm mm. really excited for this. It's November, we haven't got an exact date for it yet, but it comes in November. I think this is a really good way of saying this is a new era we're sort of soft rebooting and kicking off everything again. I mean, it isn't a reboot, but it is definitely marking something new with this. And uh, it looks great, though. Uh, go and watch the trailer because it is really good. There's a lot of good stuff going on there. Then you've got Shooty Gatwa, you've got Neil Patrick Harris, you've got Russell Back, you've got David Tennant, Disney Money, like I said, <laughs> it's yeah. helpful. And the other person from Heartstopper, which I just watched the third season for, it was phenomenal. I'm just waiting for Grey so that we can talk about that together. But that will come in June. <laughs> time but it was absolutely brilliant sorry not the third season the second season the third season doesn't exist yet yeah but the newest season so that was brilliant also shooty gat was just got a sex education season is it four i can't keep track of seasons five, of shows. i think but yes. five or five the, the final season that's just come out so that would be cool to go and see as well yeah lots and lots of great stuff going on did you say 1966 1966 was the last time that character showed up apparently yes oh, that was when england won the world cup <laughs> yes Yes, it was. <laughs> oh dear, such a long time ago. Anyway, yeah, looks great. I'm curious to see what's going on here. Yes, me too. So that's all the news we've got for this week. Just some time for some highlights for next week on TV. So shows coming next week to UK TV. We have Brassic season five landing on the 28th of September. That is back at 10 p.m. on Sky Max. So you can catch that. Drag Race starts again. That's on the 28th of September. That's Drag Race UK season five. That returns to BBC three and iPlayer. Gen V, the boys spinoff starts on the 29th of September. I've seen a number of episodes of that. Unfortunately, they've not put all the episodes up. So I'm slightly frustrated. I'm going to have to wait to watch the rest of it. But I'm really, really enjoying that series. It's well worth going to watch. So that's the boys spin-off Gen V. That's on Prime Video on the 29th of September. 1st of October, we have Boiling Point Landing, which is the Stephen Graham series set around a chef. So that's on BBC One. And then we have My Life is Murder, which is the Lucy Lawless series, who plays a private investigator. That's returning for season three on Alibi. That's on the 3rd of September at 10pm. Lots of good stuff coming next week, whether you're into reality or, or comedy or just watching a lot of buckets of blood being thrown around in Gen because there is an awful lot of that in Gen v. If people want to find more of you, where can they find you? You can find me over on entertainmenttalk.org or in podcast platforms by the same name for TV, games, films, main United podcasts. So that's going on at the moment. We've got the United cast basically twice a week because we're in lots of competitions. 
and I like to win as much as we can. So we've got that going on. Obviously, we've got Breaking Bad. We just did the Fly episode. So if you're yes. curious on our thoughts of the quote-unquote controversial episode of Breaking Bad, I suppose, we finally got to that one. That's season three, episode 10. We've got three more for the season, so that's been very good. I mean, it's Breaking Bad, so, you know, whatever. Yes. We've got Gaming Talk. It's been interesting recently as well. Uh, speaking of Gen V, I'll be covering that on Friday when the episodes come out, so look out for that. I've done a season one preview, just a bit of my expectations and those sorts of things. It's got to a point now with that sort of the boys universe where okay it's very violent and gory in that but I guess the point it, it doesn't phase me anymore <laughs> like, yeah. it, it doesn't matter how much how violent it is or whatever but that's coming up I'm going to do some film reviews soon as well got some other podcasts around so that's sort of what we're doing at the moment that's me so go and check out Matt over on entertainmenttalk.org for other people involved in the show you can find Bex at twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bites she's streaming every week and lots of good stuff and fun things going on over there for Daryl you can find him at hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those TV series that you love which are shot in Canada for us you can visit the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on x or twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown on blue sky at geektown on instagram at geektown uk on tiktok at geektown uk and on threads at geektown uk that is everything we I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.